Thank you, Brother Moses, for that prayer session. Wow. Um, it's just a charge, really. And um, we've been hearing a lot lately, supernatural intervention um, and our duty. Yesterday, Sister Dayo, you know, talked about our duty, our charge, activities we should engage ourselves in as believers you know to make the most of the prophecies that we've heard over time in fact the bible cautions us you know to respect prophecies you know it says we should not despise you know prophecies it's it's easy for us to do that especially when we are not playing our part to make those prophecies come to pass and then it's almost as if about these things before and it's the same thing they keep repeating and um, have not made any progress or it doesn't really work you know these preachers are quite you know, they, are, they have sugar-coated tongues and the likes but we'll do better than that this year thank god you know Turning our Bibles to 2 Timothy 2.15, very common scripture for Bible study. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. That's just what I want to emphasize. There is a right division of the word of truth. You know, without that, we will not make the most of the word of truth. But from what Paul admonishes, if we give ourselves to some study, we will be that workman that rightly divides the word of truth. You know. Let me give an example of a biblical truth as it were. You know, Romans 1.3 Paul emphasizes or establishes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, he says concerning the Son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. So Jesus is the Son of David. At least Paul confirms that. You know. But Jesus himself sets up a query around that Son of David ship, you know, idea to correct the Pharisees. From Matthew's account, this was the last engagement he had with the Pharisees. But for time, you know, I'll just read uh, Mark's account. Mark 12 from verses 35 to 37. And Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, how say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? But we just heard now, or we, you know, I just you know, quoted Romans 1.3 that says, which of, was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Uh, Jesus is the son of David now. But let's see the thought that Jesus was going to emphasize here. You know, the next thing he says is, For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand till I make thy enemies thy foot too. David therefore himself called him Lord. And whence is he then his son? So, there is a concept of son of David like is inferior to David. Oh, now my boy now, my Peking, you know. So David is the greater, Jesus is the lesser. 
Now, if we approach that scripture from that mindset of the son cannot be greater than the father, then we have missed the point. Because all that he just wanted to emphasize was Jesus by genealogy came down from that line of David, that Davidic dynasty, Jesus came from it. So if we had reached a different conclusion, like the Pharisees were making David greater than Jesus, and Jesus had to correct that, you know. So that's just an example of while we might even take something from scripture and reach the wrong conclusion because we have not rightly divided it, you know. And a whole lot of this, you know, misconception about understanding, you know, the Bible as it were, stems from not knowing our roles in redemption, you know. And Jesus clearly says this in a very simple metaphor. John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine. That explains it. Jesus is divine. We are not just but the branches. In that connection, in that network, you know, in that business deal, you know, he is divine. He is the foundation. He is the pillar. We are just extensions of Jesus. We are just avenues and channels that Jesus would use. And that's just the way it is. If we stick to this largely, you know, we wouldn't, you know, wrongly divide the word of truth, you know. And um, I just want us to, you know, be calm. You know, a, a lot of times the Bible, you know, admonishes us to be sober-minded, you know, not to be intoxicated. In fact, it says we should be temperate because one of the challenges of little knowledge is that it puffs up. It makes us arrogant. But if we study, we will know more. And that arrogance of little knowledge, you know, gets dispelled because we'll be grounded and established in the word of truth. We'll be matured in handling the truth. And we will, you know, as a character, you know, rightly divide the word of truth. He is the branch. We are the branch. He is the vine. We are the branches. He is the vine. We are the branches. You know. Um, and let's just see how this manifests in certain aspects of our daily living. You know. Um, Romans 6, let me read from Romans 6. Romans 6, 11 to 13, admonishes us. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lost thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Um, I think Sister Precious quoted this a while back when she was, you know, when the topic of our charge was let, you know, but I'm emphasizing on the word yield, you know. One of the things that we have a responsibility for is to yield to God. 
you know it's clear you know avoid sin you know don't leave like unbelievers leave um we can see that in ephesians 5 says therefore i say unto you ephesians 4 therefore i say unto you and testify in the lord that you have believe not as other gentiles leave. so even though we are in the world we cannot conduct ourselves like the world and most of us are conversant with that you know in fact that's why we govern again or we are tired of sinning or you know the burden of sin or depending on who preached to you and how you got your convictions but beyond what is manifestly seen there are some other considerations that are equally important that actually the Bible says we should be aware of. You know, we should be aware of. And we see one of that, one of those in Romans 12, verse 3. It says, For I said through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now, this is Paul saying that it's possible for the believer to have an inflated opinion of himself that is not healthy. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. That's that word again, you know, not intoxicated, is in the right frame. All the references are accurate. According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, you know. In addressing that, uh, a typical example of not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to think was when Paul was addressing issues about things offered unto idols and the table, you know, you know, of the Gentile and their sacrifices, you know. In First Corinthians 10, this is a long read, but um, I think it will help us. And I'll, 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 I'll try to make it snappy. From verse 16, 1 Corinthians 10, it says, The cup of blessing, I'm reading to 22. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Behold Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar. What say I then, that the idol is anything, or that which is offered in sacrifice to idol is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, the sacrifice to devils, and not to God. And I will not have you, I would not have that, I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Verse 22, which is what I want to emphasize. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? You know, it's, it's addressing a critical issue of people that um, those who every any manner of spiritual practices they come to church and then they go to one baba and then they say official role and all those kind of mindsets and they don't make a distinction between what that worship is to god and there is a dedication that because we are professed jesus that is required of us and therefore paul says there is no challenge we are not stronger than the lord 
you know it's an example of being super minded in our approach to the liberties that we even think we can exercise because we are we are sons of god or we are joint heirs with christ he says even within those definitions you know and our union with god there's still the recognition we are not terrified of god no but we just know that he is divine and we are the branches and he's the one that is bearing us and everything that we enjoy is courtesy of his benevolence mercy and magnanimity an abundance of love that he has shed abroad you know towards us so let's continue so we've seen in romans 12 3 that says we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think jokingly i like to say that uh, beware of motivational speakers you know but in philippians 3 and it's interesting while ephesians talks about um not behaving or be patterned after um, unbelievers and gentiles philippians you know brings out a different perspective philippians 3 and i read from verses 1 to 3 it says finally my brethren we dress in the lord to write the same thing to you to me indeed is not grievous but for you it is safe verses 2 measures three categories or you know or personalities. It says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, and beware of the concession or those are, that have the circumcision, you know. It's interesting that this category of people, categories of people actually are not unbelievers, you know. The dogs, evil workers, and concession or they of the circumcision here are actually talking about those that are legalistic, you know, um slavish legalism of the old testament you know and then he introduces or he continues with that charge by saying that we are the circumcision which worship god in the spirit and rejoice in christ jesus and have no confidence in the flesh there is a trapping you know that comes from this overwhelming consumption of Old Testament devoid of an appreciation of Christ. If you do not appreciate that the Old Testament are types and shadows and pointing to Christ for the most part, we miss out on the crux of the matter. You know, it's all about Jesus and salvation, basically, and the various processes and framework that God has set up so we should be aware because paul says we should be aware beware of dogs beware of evil workers beware of the concession why we are that true circumcision because we have received the spirit and we rejoice in christ jesus and then i want to mention for practical daily living another category of some um decisions we would have to make you know um let's see the account of moses as rendered in hebrews 11 from verse 24. you know something very interesting about moses it says by faith moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of 
Pharaoh's daughter. So that was a choice. That was an act of the will. He rejected something. He rejected being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And what did he, you know, leave all that for? He says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And there was a consideration. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And verse 27, where I'll be stopping for now, he says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, let's just deconstruct this a bit. Because the protection and the favor and the privilege, in fact, the deliverance of Moses from the decree of the king was that he was called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, that was a supernatural intervention. Nobody goes to the spa and comes back with a baby. It doesn't work like that. Even if you want to adopt a child, you usually will sign papers for it to be legal. This was a king that had decreed that the Israelites, you know, should expose their male children. And his daughter goes to the river. And obviously, the person that will leave that kind of a baby and not appear to claim him should be an Israelite. It's obvious. She knew it was an Israelite, you know, um, that she was carrying. But yet she extended by God, supernaturally, she extended this prohibition, this protection. And he enjoyed it. He went to the best that Egypt. It was in line to the throne. What, what can be better than that? You know. But there came a time based on a consciousness. Remember, this is an account of faith. This is what he did because of an experience and a maturing and an understanding that he had gotten from a walk with God. And he knew that as good as the benefits and privileges of these provisions of God, ah, I have to live or grow beyond it and actually face that for which this has protected me for that have been shielded until now because there's really that destiny, that core that I should focus on, you know. And I just, um, I'm of the opinion that some of us are at this crossroads. Yes, you can trace whatever you have enjoyed up until now to an act of God, but beyond that, that cocoon, you know, that shelter, there is something much more that in material terms may look like you are going for the worst, but indeed is the true riches, you know. And we don't need to make rash decisions, you know. Let's just be level-headed, um, like we've been enjoying, do a lot of meditations. But I, I trust God that clarity will come, you know, and we'll see things in bigger and brighter perspective. We'll just know what to do. 
because we are yielded to him we are studying the word we are pondering and we are listening for his voice oh we are his sheep and we hear his voice you know his voice is not strange to us but for some of us you know it might just be that we are forsaking egypt you know with all the privileges thereof we are not fearing the wrath of the king ah and pharaoh can be full of wrath you know because we will endure as someone that's seen him that is invisible you know so in a nutshell we need to study the word of god more so that we can rightly divide the word of truth just study just give yourself to study you know just give yourself to study just give yourself to study as much as possible give yourself to study and then more study you know like we've um, been enjoying let's get audio bibles you know to play in the background you know let it just roll let it just play continuously let it just play you know and then we should always know that he is divine and we are the branches you know it, it's there's this thing that we don't mix things up we are not confused you know i well maybe it's an act of consecration or well an intention out of a good intention you know to be consecrated but at times i am of the opinion we sort of mix the role you know you know and i don't like happening songs as much you know but i'm you know i'm going to use this song as an example you know and um, it's a yoruba song you know emio manyo emio magbioga iwosha masha tileyini emio magbioga as pious as it sounds you know it's putting god as the one we are not sure of we are saying oh god as long as you know just just keep you know just do your bit just do your bit you know just support me just guard me just protect me no 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 i am committed you know i am you know i will perpetually you know be praising you but uh, you know I, 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 i quick a bit at that you know because he's we are is the one that we are sure of we are sure that you would never feel it is man that we are not sure of you know you know it, it says that even when we are unfaithful he abides faithful you know and and that is just you know I, i think that just sums up how i want us to view god you know to know he is divine he is the unshakable one he is the unchanging one he is the eternal one you know and that's why he is dependable he is the foundation and every other thing that proceeds from our conduct is because we've had this encounter with this irrefutable this immutable this unchanging you know one that is not going to change you know james says there is no variableness neither shadow of turning you know is there's no there's no there's no dent in him there's no shadow in him you know there's no, it's it's just straight you know it's just not going to change you know and because 
we are built on this solid foundation of the one that is not changing whose words can be trusted we can now part time trust him for the direction and the changing seasons of our life because we know that no matter how things change he remains the same amen father we thank you for your word we thank you for your leading we thank you for your direction we thank you because our ears are opened to hear from you we hear from you all the time we do not find it hard we are not you know your 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 we we, we do not we 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 are tuned to the dictates of your spirit we know what to do we follow your leading we are bold to follow your leading we hear accurately and we follow through thank you father for your great grace that is available unto us we thank you because doors are opening unto us as we yield to the dictates of your spirit in jesus christ's name we pray amen